Hey, guess what again? Are we recording? We are. Woo! Welcome back to Detroit Strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a podcast. Yep. I will not try to die through. Yeah, please don't. That would be horrible. But think of how ooky spooky it'd be if I just died. Um, I'd be sad. I'm glad you'd be sad. I'd be saddy spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either, but I'm glad you'd be sad. Yes, yes. Anyway. Yeah, today we have a, a special guest with us who may or may not make an appearance. We'll have to see. This little Shathid, her name is Daisy. She's adorable. She's my parents' dog. She's a little Shih Tzu, causes big problems. <laughs> she, She's currently drinking out of her gerbil water bottle. I was going to say, it sounds like a gerbil water bottle. I can't she, see it. It's in the other room, but... Yeah, she drinks out of a gerbil water bottle because she drinks out of a bowl. Her beard gets wet. <laughs> so we give her... She was trained to drink out of this thing. That's... Keep her face dry. Hilarious and adorable and yeah. weird. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yep. So I had, a, uh, I had a real journey getting here tonight. I know you told me. Why don't you tell our listeners? So I had to go grab our microphone stands and I went to go do that. And I've needed air in my tires for a while. And it got content. To, yeah, it got to a point and I was like, OK, I'm going to go do it. So I get to the place and I was going to leave my lights on like an idiot to put air into my tires. And then I discovered I was missing a cap to one of my tires, which I think the oil change place forgot to put a cap back on. So I was like, oh, so I went inside, saw if they had any. They didn't. I was like, okay. So I get back outside. Then the air machine was quarters only. And I had a bunch of dimes and nickels. So I went back inside. I was like, can I buy some quarters? They were very nice. They're like, yes. I go back outside, put air in my tires, go to start the car. It doesn't start. My battery was dead. <laughs> the guy, I called AAA. Thank you, AAA. And the guy came and he's like, he opened my hood and he was like, well, I know what the problem is. It's like, okay. And he points at it and it says 12 slash 13 on it. He's like, your battery's almost 10 years old. Ooh, dang. And I was like, first of all, I didn't say this part. First of all, sir, it is 2019 right now. And 12 usually means December, which is the month that is now. That's nine years, not 10. Secondly, I don't know. Yeah. I don't check the life of my battery when it dies, it dies. And yeah. I've been to like the oil change place and all those places where I would hope somebody would be like, hey, you need a new battery soon. Especially like oil change places are usually like. Yeah, I'm bored with that because they can sell it to you and nobody said anything. So that's why my battery's real. Old. I mean, I don't think about those things either. I mean, I go to Jen's brother, who's a mechanic for my car, so mm -hmm. he's usually pretty good at that stuff. But I currently have a slow leak in one of my tires that I have yet to take care of. So someday. Yeah, I think mine was literally just the cap because none of my tires were low. They were all fine. And then um, so I'm still missing a cap, but I put tape on it. So it stopped and I was happy about that. And now I have a new battery. Yay. A hundred percent. Yo. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. So it was a real adventure, but you know, here now here to share things with you and yes. talk and have all the stories and all the good times. And we're recording this early, but this is going to come out on New Year's Eve. Also known as my birthday. Yeah. So happy early birthday. Thank you. Um, no, I'm very excited because last year I was able to to share my birthday with a lot of my favorite people, including you. Yes. And this year it sounds like I'm going to do the same and I'm so happy about it. So hopefully we're having a real good time right now. 
But yes, I'm sure we're having a grand old time. Probably 100 cigarettes is on. 200 cigarettes. Damn. Yeah, it's okay. I was like, cigarettes? But yes, no, the movie 200 Cigarettes. Yes. Starring uh, Paul Rudd, Courtney Love, um, lots of other people who are pretty off- awesome too. Gabby Hoffman. Um, why am I blanking on her name? Lots of other people. <laughs> Elvis Costello. Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. Dave Chappelle in that movie is awesome. Sometime? Yeah. So I remember like looking at it last year and being yeah. like, this is interesting, but I was half in the bag and also there's a party going on. Yeah. No, it's way better. I mean, like we should definitely just watch it to watch it and then we'll have yeah. it on in the background. So you should watch it before the party. I'm into that. Because then you'll be like, oh, this part, that part's funny. Yes. It's yeah. And it's a, it's a really fun cast and it's one of those movies with multiple storylines, but I actually think it does it pretty well. Sometimes that like loses a lot of stuff, but this one is um, it's got a different vibe than some of the, like the multiple storyline ones. I like that. Yeah. I, Plus, could... Paul Rudd is the most Paul Rudd character ever. It's delightful. He hates everything. It's great. That is a very Paul Rudd character. Mm-hmm. Also, it's like um, I believe the setting is in it's like the late 80s. I want to say is the time period for it. So that is also just a delight. It might be like the early 90s, but I think it's like the late 80s. Uh-huh. Lots of really fun fashion choices. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So. How are you? I'm pretty good. I had a great day at work today because I didn't do much of it. Sounds great. We uh, had an ugly sweater contest. How'd yours go? Didn't win. It's okay. Got a lot of honorable mentions. People liked it. Uh, I'll post a picture of it. It's on my story right now, but I'll be gone. I'll post a Mm -hmm. picture of it somewhere. But Mm -hmm. we also did White Elephant, which I always have mixed feelings about because sometimes you end up with really bad crap, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, White Elephant is very um, hit or miss. Yeah, like this year I was pretty happy because in the end I ended up with this nice big like platter, like a nice platter. Mm-hmm. No, it was pretty. I saw it. And I'm really excited about that because I've always like when I'm serving things, I'm like, oh, I'll be putting it across three plates because I don't have something big enough. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, I have something big enough now. No, you can fill that platter with ever. You can put cookies on it. Oh, yeah. You could put a charcuterie together. Yes. You could have um, a whole turkey, according to the box. I did see that. I saw the turkey picture. <laughs> you could have multiple dips and multiple types of like things to dip in them. Yeah. On the same platter. Oh, I it's love amazing. Dips. Yeah. So we have a drink today. We do. It uh, is very colorful. It is. It is very colorful. I like the color of it a lot, and it's a little cloudy, it's very, which is kind of nice. It's very seasonally appropriate with the colors. Yes, it is. Um, well, it's got. I think the blood. I'm very happy with my find of a blood orange. I was not attempting to find one, but I found a blood orange. Uh, and we are drinking. I'm going to call it a Swedish winter smash. Uh, and a smash is usually like um. I was reading a drink that has like a seasonal fruit in it, uh-huh. kind of like mashed into it however you know the winter time there's not too many seasonal fruits like we do you know i associate like cranberries and stuff like that but um i did not have time to to cook down some cranberries and i found some lingonberry jam instead which love some lingonberries i do too i love swedish things in general when i was there i had swedish meatballs four oh, times so good in like the three days i was in Sweden. so good or no, i guess four days but like i had it multiple times i had it way too many times I am um, a complete mutt, but I am like part Swedish. And I remember one year, my like when I was like 14 or something, my grandmother was visiting and my cousins lived here and she took us to like um, a St. Lucia festival. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then ever since then, I've been kind of like enamored with with Swedish culture a little bit because yeah. uh, it was really fun. And I started like 
I would make like S cookies and, um, I forget what it's called, but it's like a bouche Noel, but it's like the Swedish version of it. Like Christmas log kind of yeah. bread thing or something. And then yeah, lingonberry on anything is delicious. One of my favorite things. So it's got a uh, lingonberry, some bourbon, and then just some blood orange. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. Very bourbony, but <laughs> I mean, never mad at that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like the lingonberry. I, I was I a little too. not I sure. I think it's about a good it, combo. So. Yeah. So cheers. Cheers. Are we going to try? Yeah. We're gonna try. I think it'll be a good one. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you like uh, want to hear a story? It's I weird. sure do. It's kind of weird to go back to this because we had the, our last episode was that the live one. Yeah. And it's been a second. So it really has. Yeah. But so today I I've had this story for a while. It is a little dark. So I'm just going to put that out there for, for I mean, people hey, first. It is definitely a it's true New crime. Year's Eve. We're ending the year. Strong, dark, dark, darkly. We're leaving Good, all the darkness yeah. in 2019. Goodbye, 2019. Hello, yes. 2020. Which is actually funny because there was an episode of 2020 about my topic. That is funny. <laughs> Someone on one of the podcasts I listened to, they're talking about how Michelle Collins uh, wrote on her Twitter. She's like, "All I want for the minute the ball drops is for Barbara Walters to come out. I am Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. <gasps> that would be amazing. I want that to happen. I'm gonna just hope and dream. Can we start a petition? Yes." Change.org. <laughs> Everybody write in. Yes. So, so change.org. Sign the petition. We need Barbara Walters. So, yeah, I actually, so that was a, kind of a fun segue. Uh, so, I watched an episode of 2020 with my friend Christine. Uh, and I also watched an episode of a show called Deadly Rich, which I got on Amazon Prime. It is episode two of the series. Okay. I listened to My Favorite Murder, did an episode about this topic. I looked at Wikipedia, Detroit News, and click on Detroit. I believe those are my sources. So, those sound like sources to me. They are sources. So, like I said, this one's a little bit dark, and it's not really that old. Uh, this one starts in 2012, and I do just want to... That was last decade. <laughs> I do want to firstly just say, though, that there are you know people from this story that are still alive today and I I want to treat that with respect and I, I want to, you know, make it aware that, um, you know, we're, we will be after people hear the story, you know, like thinking about you guys and yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is about the murder of Jane Bashara. Okay. So Jane Bashara was an executive and resident of Gross Point Park and was last seen by coworkers on January 24th after a meeting in downtown Detroit. Uh, she worked downtown. She had, I, I couldn't find the specific, but she had some sort of um, like high level job within a company that's positioned in downtown Detroit. Mm. And her husband, Bob, filed a missing persons report at 1130 p.m. that evening. Bob was a businessman who owned and managed multiple rental properties, mostly around like um, kind of the Detroit Gross Point Park Lake border area. Okay. Uh, he was known as a philanthropist and served as president of the Gross Point Rotary Club. Good old Rotary Club. Yep. On January 25th, 2012, 56 year old Jane Bashar was found dead in the backseat of her abandoned Mercedes Benz SUV in an alley on the east side of Detroit by a tow truck driver at 7 a.m. on the 25th. Uh, while patrolling for stolen vehicles. Mm -hmm. So it appeared as if she had been strangled and she had bruises and broken fingernails showing she had fought for her life. Gross Point Police, Detroit Police, and State Police all investigated this murder. 
Law enforcement officials named Bob Bashara, her husband of 26 years, as the main suspect or person of interest on January 27th. So just a few days later. Mm. By this time, the police had administered and Bob had failed a lie detector test to find out if he was involved in the murder. Ooh, so he failed the test. Yes, he failed the lie detector test. And again, this is when, within days. So this is yeah. a very quick um, kind of assessment of the situation and, and breakdown, which I mean... Honestly, a lot of times when there is a a murder of this kind of nature, a lot of people do point to people who know the the person yeah. uh, being, you know, a suspect. So it makes sense that they would kind of look at that. On January 31st, investigators revealed that they believe she was killed in their home and then placed in the SUV. So that was not exactly. Where, and then the SUV was taken mm-hmm. to this particular alleyway. On February 1st, it was revealed that Joe Gentz, who was a mentally impaired handyman who rented property from Bashara, uh, who had a very, very low IQ, unfortunately, had reported to police that Bob had paid him $2,000 and an old Cadillac to murder Jane and to dispose of the body after she had been murdered in her own garage. Damn. Yeah. Originally, Gens's admission was dismissed as he only had an IQ of 67. Dang. So nobody was really sure, you know, what to think about it. Yeah. Uh, it is also suspected a second man known as, quote unquote, TJ may have helped Gens as they were at a bar weeks after talking about the uh, and he was talking about the several thousand dollars they had obtained. So like they were just at some bar kind of like openly talking about like, yeah, we got two grand. We got two grand. Isn't that cool? Like kind of like bragging about it to yeah. nearby people. So nobody's really sure if, you know, TJ was involved or if he just was like a friend of Gens and like kind of manipulated the money like out of him, possibly. Um, On February 4th, Bob commented that, quote unquote, I did not kill my wife. I will have nothing to do with this. So, again, he was pleading complete innocence in the situation from the get go. And he was very uh, adamant about it. Mm hmm. In March of 2012, Gens was charged with first-degree murder, and Bob followed on May 1st by also being charged of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to life without parole. Damn. In March, papers reported that the clothing Jane had been wearing at the time of her death was missing or destroyed. That's weird. Yeah, so usually, I guess what happens in these situations, I believe, is that you know because it was a murder like that is considered evidence yeah um and whoever goes to like essentially like clean up the body and such like that would generally send that over to some sort of like evidence uh you know division yeah uh and it would go on file and things of that nature but the funeral director reported not recalling what happened to the clothing but that it is customary to dispose of clothing that's not requested by the police fishy so they basically said "Mm mm-hmm Yeah, there's like a lot of weird twists and turns with this one. Uh, They were supposed to have been shipped to the state crime laboratory. So they were supposed to go somewhere, but basically the funeral director was like, I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So Bashar's lawyer went on to talk as if it was devastating news since it was a roadblock in the search for truth and justice for Jane Bashara. So Bob's lawyer was like, oh, no, heavens, no. How can we ever find the truth now, basically, as a result of this? So we're going to move on though to the motives like what possible motives could this man have had because at this point again he's like the president of the rotary club he's this real estater yeah um she has a nice you know uh high level job like i said they had two kids i believe they were like around college age they've been married 26 years they were like well known in their neighborhood and you know things of that nature Mm -hmm. so so why 
Uh, in February, investigators reported to having found evidence that Bob was leading a quote unquote double life. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. So the second of which centered around the underground world of sadomasochism and sex with other women. Interesting. So he was a master. Okay. It was found that he had a sex dungeon in the basement of the Hard Luck Lounge, a building that he owned on Mack Avenue in Gross Point Park. Okay. Yes. At which point Bashara's told, attorney told the press that Bashara's had an open marriage. So, and nobody really, I mean, it's really hard to go back and kind of like track that too and find out if that was true or not. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things that like may have been true and they just weren't open about it or like they weren't open about their open marriage. But um, no, exactly. Like, I but mean, like literally, they either could have that or like he just made it up. They could have had that situation. Ask uh, her, oh, wait. I will go on to say some things that he did say that his uh, he and his wife had as like a situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they do know that he did have this kind of second life and he was master. Bob. I well, I don't know if it's master Bob, but he was master something. Uh-huh. And he did have this. And there's there's photos of it online. Um, it just essentially, like I said, a sex dungeon in the basement of this place. And everybody in the bar kind of knew it. He was apparently not a very kind bar attendee. And I think because he owned the actual building, he kind of took advantage of the bar. Unfortunately, I, it's devastating to watch the owners in the the two specials that I watch, like the owners of that bar are interviewed uh, and it is devastating to watch them like talk about his behavior towards them Oh, because he would just kind of like come in and do whatever he wanted. And he'd bring these like women in and just kind of like not be a kind guy to, and he was not kind to the bartenders. Like he was especially like, kind of crude towards women yeah just just not a not a cool customer not a cool landlord yeah uh and again he didn't own the bar he owned the property not the bar the bar itself but he kind of i guess it sounds like he kind of acted almost like he owned the bar even though that wasn't the case so as investigations continued uh on his alleged mistresses so one named rachel renee galette uh she reported that she had been lied to by Bashara several times about a divorce and left him. So he said, I'm going to get a divorce. I'm going to get a divorce to one of his um, mistresses that I think he like saw for a long time. Yeah. It's kind of hard to find out the exact timelines of these things. The woman. Yes. And so she left him. So good for her. Yeah. You know, good job, Rachel. And she even filed a personal protection order to stop him from contacting her. So yeah. she really kind of, tried to put the kibosh on that yeah uh in this case 74 witnesses testified i believe That's all a against lot of him. witnesses yes other motives though there was eight hundred thousand dollars in jane's 401k account that's a lot of money that's enough to start a new life yeah so some believe that um his goal was to set himself up uh, in the house as master bob with his concubines this harem of slave girls essentially like serving him Ugh. but can you do that without money no no that, that there, there's some startup to that situation for sure so 800 grand is let me clarify that Ugh, was not towards state of mass because you're into what you're no, into yeah, yeah, yeah. but just well the idea of murdering murdering somebody to make it happen if you're if you save away if you have an extra savings account and that is your snm account good on you if that's your thing yeah as long as everybody's consenting and cool that's all that matters everybody's into what they're into yeah so uh any family members that had simple sympathy for bashara vanished after he tried to use his dead wife's ashes as a bargaining chip oh uh, what he said he would return him to her relatives if they would publicly support him after his arrest. 
That's messed up. Yep. That's real messed up. And the victim's family found out during testimony that the urn was kept in the basement of one of Bashara's friends from the BDSM scene, not in a box uh, next to a box of whips and other implements. Yeah. So not super respectful. Yeah. Um, it is also, I mean, like, I don't know how that stuff works legally, but like, why did he get her ashes? You know what I mean? Like. We think you may have murdered her. Here's her ashes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, again, I don't know legally how that works and they were married. And so like, I'm yeah. sure like at first they had to give them to him, but it just, it's real upsetting and heartbreaking that that's kind of how it went. Cause he was a suspect within like days. Yeah. And you would think that there'd be some sort of like holding situation or again, like going to other family members situation if that's the case. But, and also it takes so long for people to go through these like legal proceedings you know, this whole time he's like has a life. Yeah. He's just going through the legal proceedings because you're not immediately like arrested and thrown into. Well, I mean, I think it, it kind of depends on the situation. But so during Bashara's trial, another mistress named Lydia Porter, who's 50 years old, told, told the court of their sexual relationship for a few years. She was told by Bashara that his marriage was rocky. She was the third woman to come forward about his affairs. She was with him for about three years, and she was living in a small room in the sex dungeon. She testified that his wife had been agreeable to a divorce after the kids were out of school. Because, again, I think they were about college age. Yeah. She attended church with Bob. She went to Rotary with him, community projects and movies with he and his mother, and even went to dinner with his son when he came home from college. So she was basically kind of corroborating, well, and corroborating the whole open marriage situation of like, Oh, this is the mistress. Yes, okay, yes, yes. Okay. No, this is the mistress saying that, you know, she had gone to all these places with him and like that, like people around him knew yeah. about her uh, presence in his life. So Porter, Lydia Porter, broken up with Bob when she found him in the dungeon with Galette, the woman I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, she threw a fit and he took her keys and tossed her out in the middle of the night with nowhere to go. So remember, right. again, she had a room that like she that was her living space and she comes home to find him with. Another, oh my God. A third woman. A piece she, of work. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, oh yeah, well here, let me take your keys. What are you going to do now? Bye-bye. And throw on the street. So not super respectful. One previous tenant of his, and this is just like, a rug. again, he owned a lot of different types of property and a lot of them were residential. A lot of them were apartments. Mm-hmm. And this is around the Cadu area. She reported that one day while... Uh, he was fixing some of her plumbing. He told her that he was a dominatrix and mentioned that she seemed to have a submissive personality. She wasn't super into this and she gave him a look and he started to kind of like backpedal as one does. I mean, it is a weird thing to bring up, but like that's such an inappropriate time to bring it up to like, yeah. hi, I'm your landlord. I'm fixing your shit because it went bad. By the way, can I whip you? Like, no, that's yeah. just not, that's not how you, you go into that situation at all. Unless like you look around and you're seeing like she owns dominatrix, you know, and even unless that, she's got a ball gag in her mouth, don't bring it up. Exactly. And even then I don't even think it's like highly appropriate in that no. situation. Of, no, like, Cause like you're her late, like, yeah, no. Uh, he had told her that he had clients who wanted to be dominated and told her she deserved to be spanked. Ugh. So another in jail for that alone. Mm hmm. Another woman, Rebecca Dello Delatter, I might be saying Delatter, who lived behind the bar, reported to have seen people coming and going from the basement space with whips dressed up on several occasions. So Mm. she just did notice a lot of different people kind of coming in and out of this space. Mm. Again, odds are 
he probably entertained a lot that there. Yeah. The owners of the Hard Luck Lounge, again, the bar that this is beneath, unfortunately, after uh, everything kind of went down and the murder happened and he was uh, on trial and everything like that, they had to close their doors. Mm-hmm. They never really cared for Bob. And again, he didn't pay for drinks. He was a terrible tipper. He creeped out the females. And also one of the owners was female. Very creeped out by him as well. Yeah. So we're going to fast forward a little bit to October of 2016. Okay. The building that once housed the Hard Luck Lounge, it was still standing, but it was since gutted. Mm. Uh, it's actually been purchased as of April 2017. And but there, Dan Gilbert. I don't think so. <laughs> um, and there are plans to pave over the former sex dungeon to make a parking lot and a new building for a new restaurant. And as of May of 2019, uh, Bob was trying to get his murder case overturned in federal courts after failing at the state level by filing a writ of habeas corpus, basically in reference to the fact that her clothes went missing. Uh. So he's trying to say that that was like the key thing to finding like the real person who did this, even though the man who did it um, and they go into this in the, the episodes a little bit more. The man who did end up doing it. Again, he talks about he did go into the he was waiting in the garage when she got home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all happened in the garage. Bob was screaming at him, screaming like, do it now, do it now, do it now. Um, I can't re- I believe he did strangle, but I think there was also possibly a gunshot. This I didn't write this part down. So, yeah. Um, and that Bob was basically like yelling at him to do it the whole time and then had him go dump the body and then gave him a car and two grand and said bye. And the man, which also like a car and two grand. I know, but again, this was like this was a a guy who rented from him, and again, he had a yeah, true, a low IQ, and it probably, I think he was bullied into it from the sounds of it and the way that he talked about it, and he doesn't feel good about it, like the guy who did it. Um, Watching him in in the specials, the twenty twenty, and also that one I found on Netflix, it's it's heartbreaking to watch this man talk about it because you can just. You can tell that, I mean, he had choice. I'm not going to say this man didn't have choice, but you can tell that he was pushed to do it and it wasn't necessary. And, you know, there probably was a little bit of like, you know, two grand can sound like a lot. Um, And nobody, there's nothing worth murder ever to me. But again, he was kind of led to believe, I think that it was a better idea than it was. Uh, But he came forward almost immediately talking about it. And he was a very like he told the police anything they wanted to know pretty much right away. So I feel it's it's just heartbreaking and disgusting. It is. It's so unfortunate. So many people were pushed in so many ways in this whole situation by a douchebag. Just like sure. Just a real piece of shit. Mm. Um. And again, my I, I want to respect the situation because there are, you know, people highly affected by this. It's not an old, you know, thing or anything like that. And not that if it happened 100 years ago, it'd be less horrible. But, you know, just there are the family people, members. Yeah. And I, I feel for them because it's just an awful, awful oh, situation. 100%. As you were saying it, I just couldn't like imagined. I'm like, I well, I couldn't even imagine like what this would be like. But yeah. Yeah. I feel feel for them. But lots, lots of twists and turns. It kind of sounds like some people did know about his double life, too. And that, like, he was like this community member. But like, I'm, you know, possibly even people who were like doing these other community projects and stuff with him, like might have been aware of his like master situation there. 
Um, certainly the people at the hard luck lounge and anybody around there definitely knew what was going on in that situation there too. So that is unfortunately the murder of Jane Bashar. That, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, I feel like I should have heard about this because it happened in the Metro like Detroit, Metro Detroit area. Yeah. I, I slightly remembered when I first kind of heard about it. Uh, and I told a couple people about this story today. Uh, just getting because it's like a lot to process. Yeah. And they were all they were like, oh, I kind of remember that. But like they didn't remember the specifics of it or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. People do crazy shit. And obviously, like, I am pretty sure, you know, this guy is clearly a, like narcissistic piece of shit. Oh, for sure. Uh, Possibly a sociopath. I don't know. No, sociopath, I think, is a little different because I think I I, I forget the difference. This guy's just a piece of shit. Sociopath and psychopath, there's a, I know there's a very distinct difference and I don't want to get into it because I can't remember the specifics of it right now. But I mean, I think I think you can be a narcissist and one of those things. For In fact, I think psychopaths are generally narcissists. Yeah. But that being said, I'm not going to. I, I believe they would have done it themselves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that there's another, I think there's a super high narcissistic level to be like, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pay some. I'm going to convince somebody else to do it. Yeah. If someone else. Do it. What a piece of shit. Well, and, and yeah. it kind of goes along with his whole like master persona too. Yeah. And again, there's nothing wrong with the, the BDSM like lifestyle. If that's your thing, that's your thing. That's cool. But it's, I think that when it translates into, Fucking with other people's actual lives. Yeah. Like, that's just like you have to have there's time for like your thing, whatever your thing is and fine. But then like there's you, times yeah. you don't have to implement that part of your, your you know, desires, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, you know what? Tip your bartenders. That, yeah. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Tip your bartenders. Treat people with respect. Yeah. And. If you're in a situation, if if you're in a relationship and it's not going well, talk to each other. And if that doesn't work, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, don't. Yeah. 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 But now I just want to watch those. You said it was on Netflix, one of them? Yeah. Yeah. The um. It, one was on Prime, one was on Netflix, and one was 2020. Is 2020 the Netflix one? No, 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 no. None of them were on Netflix. I'm sorry. JK. Yeah. No, there's a 2020 about it. And then there's Deadly Rich on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. And then the other was My Favorite Murder, which uh, the podcast did an okay. episode. Um, and then the everything else was stuff I found online. The real weird thing is, so when I started researching it, I had no idea that he had done the thing this year, the uh, the plea uh, to get it turned over. Yeah. Which is just insane. Again, he got life with no parole. And he's like, we'll see about that. Let me see uh, what I can do. Let's uh, hope the justice system works for like once. Mm-hmm. So he's still fighting to this day. I don't know. I tried but to look up in jail. the He is in jail. Yes, yes. He's been in jail pretty quickly considering yeah. uh, after that situation. Because again, within a couple days, they yeah. were relatively sure. And again, the 2020 and then the, the Deadly Rich mm. um, episode goes a little bit more into that. And yeah, yeah the, the Deadly Rich show is interesting. I haven't watched more episodes of it, but I think their whole thing is kind of these murders that kind of happen in the, in these like more affluent like communities and households and things of that nature. Generally speaking, I think amongst like people, family members of some sort, uh, I think a lot of spouses, spouses in that, uh, that series. Oh, excuse me, that series. But yeah, like surreal intense and real crazy. And it is weird that it was like, I don't know. You just don't think about things happening near. Right. Right. 
And then this one was kind of like all over the place too, because yeah, they were trying to, I think, make it look like she was coming home from this meeting and like something happened. And then she ended up in this like east side of Detroit alleyway, which is just yeah ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But I'm glad that they didn't even like go down that that venue. You know what I mean? Like almost yeah. right away. They were like, mm, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Get this motherfucker on a lie detector. Yeah. Let's see what's up. So good on them. Yeah. Well, good job. I mean, I don't yeah. want to say good story because no, it's I know. a sad story, yeah. but it was interesting you brought it to light. And I think that, you know, like I said, I didn't know about this. So, like, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to know. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime I hear stories like this and I am like a true crime like fan, like I, yeah. I, I hate the word fan for it, but like I'm uh, very interested in true crime. And part of it is I'm just like, how does a human brain go there? Like, that's like really yeah. weird to me because like. I just I can't connect with that. And I'm I'm just I want to say fascinated, but like in a bad way, morbidly fascinated, yeah, morbidly fascinated. In fact, um, I just watched. Have you seen the thing about the Netflix special? Don't F with cats. No. Holy shit. Is that twisting and turning? It's a it's like a mini series doc, docuseries or whatever. It's like three or four episodes. I don't even know. I watched it all last night. I thought it was just about a guy who unfortunately like tortured cats and in internet videos and people were like pissed and they were like, let's find this motherfucker. It goes so much deeper than that. And I don't want to give away too much about it, but it involves looking for a man internationally at some point because wow. he kind of like he keeps going with his basically like psychopath tendencies. Wow. Yeah. It's a very interesting watch that I just my jaw was on the floor the entire time I was watching the whole series. Yeah. I mean, I like, we recommend a lot of good videos, which, you know, is the time of year for that. It is. It's, um, uh, cuffing and, um, I'm trying to think of hibernation. Yeah. It's cuffing and hibernating already. I'm going to cuff myself this season. Exactly. (laughs) Sounds terrible. (laughs) Let's platonically cuff. Okay. Let's Lots of that. movies. And yes. that means we'll actually watch them. So that's even yes. better. <laughs> well, I've got some two truths and a lie for you. Yes, please bring that in. So when this episode airs, the holiday season will have passed. Yes. But right now it's... Um, excuse me, New Year's Eve is still a holiday and my birthday. I'm talking about the Jeebus holiday. Okay. But so I've got some hol- like some Christmas traditions from around the world and figure out which one's a lie. Okay. Give, throw them at me. So one, in Iceland, they have something called the Yule Cat that will eat people who didn't work hard. Oh, geez. That's terrifying. Number two, in Ukraine, they decorate spider webs because there's a story of an old widow who couldn't afford decorations. The spiders helped her. Mm-hmm. I want that one to be true. And in Japan, they have someone called Old Nick Santa because in the 70s, McDonald's introduced a character with a special Christmas Eve meal. And it kind of just like took off and became like part of their tradition. Did it say what the meal was? It did not. Okay. I'm going to go with number one being the lie. Number one? Yeah, the cat. That's true. Dang. It was a myth from like the people who like the farmers who like owned the fields or whatever would like Mm. say, if you don't work the fields hard with the old cat, I'll eat you. You know what though? That just goes to don't F with cats. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. um, So the other two, I'm going to go with... The old Nick, the Japan one. That is the lie. Okay. It's actually Colonel Santa. 
I knew it was going to be a twist like that. I knew yeah. it was going to be like similar, but a twist like that. For some reason, I couldn't believe the spider one was a lie. That one was true. And I actually like so that sweet. one. Yeah. I'll read a little bit more about it. The tradition goes back to a folktale about a poor widow who cannot afford to decorate a tree for her children. Legend has it that spiders in the house took pity on the family's plight and spun beautiful webs all over the tree, which the children awoke to find on Christmas morning. Spider webs are also considered to be lucky in Ukrainian culture. I love it. Here's a little more about Colonel Santa. Yes. Back in 1974, the American fast food restaurant KFC released a festive marketing campaign in Japan. The seemingly simple slogan, Kurismuniwa Kentucky, which Whoa. is Kentucky for Christmas. Yeah. Which, if you like listen to it, that's all like uh, katakana, which is loan words. So, Kurisamu, Christmas. Niwa, which is Japanese. And then Kentucky. Oh. <laughs> There's so many words in Japanese like that. Like the yeah. one that stumped me up. I was remember seeing flashcards. I was like, hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. God damn it. <laughs> but so they did this in 1974. And it just spawned a national tradition that Christmas, Christmas isn't even a national holiday in Japan. Just like on Christmas Eve, all these Japanese family go to KFC to get the Christmas Eve meal. Well, that's I mean, tradition. Tradition. Yes. Which, like, I don't eat a ton of KFC here. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't I know. I can't do it. It hurts my stomach. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not against fried chicken, um, as is obvious uh, by my hips. I don't eat it that often, though. But I, I do like fried chicken. But it's good. But I, it's been it at be least a decade since I've had KFC just because there was like two or three times in a row. And not that I was eating it often. It would be like once a year type of a deal. But the last like two or three times, I was just always sick within like 20 minutes. And I was like, you know, I don't think the Colonel's recipe is for me. Like there's nothing. I get One why of people those eat it. Spices is not yours. Tea. It is the the antithesis uh, of of a secret. Well, I guess it's still a secret. It's just a dirty secret. Yeah. So I just don't I don't fuck with it anymore. But I, I get why people. Yeah. It always looks good. Yeah. But also, I think, I don't know, There, I have like a bad stomach sometimes. So like, I, there probably is something like minute in there. Yeah. I think I'm like slightly allergic to MSG. That could be it. Yeah. I've yeah. had a couple times where I've eaten like ramen and that. Felt great. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, but, you know, power to those of you who eat the KFC. Yeah. The Mick, no, Colonel, what was the name again? <laughs> Colonel Santa. <laughs> Colonel Santa. <laughs> I should be able to remember that. That's not that hard. Yeah. And fun fact about spiders I learned today. Statistically speaking, you're never more than three feet away from one. I've heard that. We that did a trivia at work today, which I also one. won. Hey. I won a trivia thing at work today. Nice. Um, it was a good day for me at work. Good. But anyway. My boss gave me $10 to a coffee place today. And that's I thought that nice. was so sweet. I love that. Yeah. He made me walk to a different building for a meeting, even though we were in the same building right before the meeting. And then I was like, oh, it's cold. I don't want to do that, but okay. And so I got over there and he's like, this is why I made you come over here because I didn't bring it with me. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And now I feel Aww. like a jerk for being like, I'm going to walk somewhere. But like, I get it. It's yeah. cold. Yeah. But anyway, so I, real quick, like this is later after the holidays, but I hope everyone had a nice holidays. Yeah. And 2020 is right around the corner. So let's join start us. This year, yeah, yeah. Let's start this year off good. You know? We the love hol- you guys, basically. That's what I'm do- you know what? It's really hard to tell somebody that you love them for the first time. And just hope that your holiday season's going great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to 
give us some love back. You can find us on the social medias at Instagram and Twitter at Detroit Strange, Facebook with just Detroit Strange. Mm-hmm. And also, we've got the Gmail at Detroit Strange at gmail.com. Send, send us whatever you want. Yeah. You should also, um, I'm going to do this in the right order. Subscribe anywhere yes. you listen to podcasts, rate and review if you've got a second. That would be fun. Uh, particularly, uh, I mean, if it's low, just, you know, we, we can take the criticism straight to our Gmail account. Yeah. That would be great because we're always trying to learn and grow. Yeah. But I think until next time, stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sex and Violence. 